0: Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now at Copenhagen, receive $200 off any stressless seating or $400 off stressless Mayfair chair and ottoman when you donate $50 to one of our local charities. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture. Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary. Welcome to I Love You So
1: Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman, and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Austin 360 editor Eric Webb, and in this week's episode, we are talking about one of our absolute favorite things in the world. That's right, it is Christmas TV episodes. Now I am joined by features editor Sharon Chapman and statesman breaking news reporter and pop culture Maven Kelsey Bradshaw. And <laughs> hello. so ha- is, hello, Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So, Sharon, I think you can kind of explain the genesis, if you will, if we're gonna keep this, you know, all kind of vaguely Christmassy and uh, you know, spiritual. Can you explain the genesis of this uh, episode?
2: I sure can, because, you know, it's Christmas related. (laughs) Eric and I were at a screening of Last Christmas, a recent release, (laughs) a movie that Eric loved, I think more than anyone else. (laughs) I am the only (laughs)
1: critic in America who enjoyed that movie. It
2: was interesting. Yes, I didn't hate it, but I will say my mind wandered during it, which (laughs) is how I came up with this idea. But my favorite part of the movie was sort of, not a big part, but it's after she starts volunteering at the shelter for homeless people, and they decide to put on a Christmas show, and they have a montage of auditions. You That's remember this right. Part? This is yes. all flashing yes. back to me, <laughs> like That's a non-flashback. I loved that part of the movie, and in fact, I kept thinking, oh, this is great. We're going to see a show now during this. Spoiler, we really only see her perform at the end. (laughs) Which is a shame. It was a shame. And I think I remarked even to you, Eric, at the time that I wanted more of the other people performing. I was super intrigued by it. While my mind was wandering during that movie, it made me think of Laverne and Shirley's, my favorite (laughs) holiday episode of theirs.
1: Okay, so wait, what happens in this Laverne and Shirley episode that might also be the exact same thing as Emma Thompson's Last Christmas?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, actually, shockingly, it is. So Carmine is going to put on a holiday show at a hospital for people who are having some mental health issues.
1: Carmine, the big ragu, yes, who is Laverne and Shirley's, I don't know what you'd call him, he's like their hunky friend, sort of.
2: Well, he was Shirley's boyfriend for quite a long time. Oh, so I don't that. remember if they ended up together at the very end. I don't think they did, but they dated, for sure. Um, So he was putting on a show, a variety show, and he needed more performers. So, of course, Laverne and Shirley, Lenny and Squiggy, Mrs. Babish, Laverne's father, Carmine. No, wait, Carmine Ragusa. Well, I can't remember her dad's name. Mr. DeFazio. Yeah. They all go to perform. And it's quite the 35 minutes or however long this episode was. (laughs) My favorite part was Laverne and Shirley, Penny Marshall, and Cindy Williams doing a performance of Winter Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And I rewatched it last night. (laughs) <laughs> and I was reminded of what I loved about it. It was everything I loved in my childhood, which was like choreography, singing, <laughs> gold tap boots because oh, they had tap dance, ooh, batons. Ooh, I had bato- a baton. You had I, a baton. Yes, I twirled it. Did it have fire? No, didn't uh, either. But they had batons. They sang okay. "Winter <laughs> Wonderland." It ends with Shirley on Laverne's shoulders. Sharon. They're both twirling. Two batons each, one in each hand. <laughs> and then and then it somehow goes from Winter Wonderland into the Laverne and Shirley theme song, at least musically. I not they didn't sing it, but like the that's music. That's very changed.
1: that's very metatextual it, of yes. Laverne and Shirley.
2: Also metatextual Gary Marshall, the creator of Laverne and Shirley, is playing the drums
1: throughout in the oh, wow. big live
2: band. Also he's Penny Marshall's brother. So many things happen. This is a
1: full exploration of the Laverne and (laughs) cinematic universe.
2: It's also a very sweet episode. I will say they had to change the title of the episode at some point. Now it's called... Oh, Hear the Angels' Voices. Why would they have to change it? It was a very insensitive title early on oh. in, in 1976 when it first aired. One that
1: went, we shan't repeat? I'm not going to say it. Okay.
2: Okay. I mean, okay. it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not good. And yeah. But there are some sweet moments where...
1: Listeners, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> there are some sweet moments where the, the our cast members or the characters sort of overcome their own biases and their own fears of people who are different from them. And they oh. gather an understanding of people okay. who are going through some hard times. There's a funny running bit where Howard Hessman of WKRP and Cincinnati fame, uh-huh. he plays a doctor, <laughs> at the thing and whatever Lenny or Squeaky are talking, he's standing near them taking notes as if he's <laughs> studying them.
1: <laughs> okay. And it's very sweet. This is okay. this is beautiful. This is beautiful. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go around Sharon's gonna give us three more of her I think three. Three yes. more of her all time favorite Christmas episodes that hold a candle to the Laverne and Shirley Christmas episode. That sounds like it is just non-stop spectacle <laughs> for a tight 25-minute runtime. It really is. And then uh, Kelsey and I will also share some of our faves. And we will agree. We will disagree. We will uh, join together in a chorus of holy angel voices. Or maybe we'll uh, give each other coal in each other's Ooh, are we uh, gonna fight? Oh, stockings. Oh, I we might we'll fight. Bite. We might box here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> boxing, so sh- day.
3: boxing day. Boxing yeah. day. Oh, I love boxing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Boxing day is underappreciated. It really is. So, Sharon, what are... Uh, Three more of your favorite all-time holiday. I think we're going to say holiday. It's not just Christmas. Yeah, I didn't episodes. follow
3: the rules at all. No, there's, no <laughs> the rules for holiday. The okay, rules for okay. holiday. Yeah,
1: um, it's a, we're, it's a big tent here, at Austin Three Sixty. So, uh, Sharon, what are three of your other ones?
2: My next one is my so-called life.
1: Yes, you were excited about this one.
2: <laughs> An episode called "My So-Called Angels." Oh, it aired in December nineteen ninety four. I don't know if you saw it.
1: No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I feel
2: like you would love this whole series. I won't go into that, but. It's hard to sum this all up, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's a very serious episode. So Angela Chase is our heroine. One of her best friends, Ricky, is a, a young gay man. and He gets kicked out of his house mm-hmm. uh, for being gay. He gets beat up. He has no place to go. His, her parents, she wants to bring him home to stay. Her parents are a little leery because they assume that he ran away from home. They don't understand children being kicked out of homes. So there's a lot of layers there. It's very moving. It's also got sort of a fantastical element because Julianne Hatfield, if you know who she is, oh, she's a lovely musician. She's this a, is
1: the most Gen X. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is a <laughs> so episode. well.
2: This whole series is pretty Gen X, and this episode is is yes because also Angela has gotten new boots that are like combat Martin uh-huh. boots, and uh-huh. she gives them. To, going. She gives them to <laughs> Julianne Hatfield's character, <laughs> who is a homeless young woman who's a lovely musician and keeps playing this hauntingly beautiful song Ooh. in the background she's sort of hovering at different times. There's kind of clues going on.
1: Do the gin blossoms appear at all in the course <laughs> no, of this? Is, no, no, no. Is, are there Giuliano. flannel shirts?
2: Well, Jordan Catalano is wearing his flannel. You know, uh, yes, by Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. Yes.
1: <laughs> I love it when ja- we say Jared Leto's name in stereo. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> well, there's a sweet moment where uh, Jordan comes across Ricky like out a, at a Christmas tree lot. And uh, he right away figures out that Ricky is, is homeless and doesn't know what to do. Jordan takes him. He's like, "I have someplace I can take you." Takes him to this big warehouse where a lot of other kids who are homeless are hanging out and sleeping. And uh, Juliana Hatfield's there, and uh, it's very sweet. And it's also they have a bonding moment because Jordan kind of talks about how his dad used to beat him up. And, oh, oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it's a very layered. And the other thing that's going on <laughs> is Angela's parents are kind of challenging their own sort of narrow-minded view of the world, where they, like I said, they they are shocked that kids would be kicked out of the house. They assume he's a runaway and he's a bad, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like done something wrong and No. It's a very beautiful episode. No Chase family. Do you want me to give you a
3: major spoiler,
1: though? That sounds good. I
3: personally love spoilers, (laughs) but is that allowed?
1: (laughs) I think it's allowed for a TV show that aired 20 years
3: ago. (laughs) Okay. Well, so, So
2: Julia Hatfield
3: is actually dead. (gasps) I love when someone's actually dead.
2: (laughs) She plays... So, there's a moment where Angela and her mom had had this big fight, and then later, Angela's mom says to her husband... I feel like it was a fight that was having us. We weren't having the fight. Whoa. And she's very upset. And then she meets Julian Hatfield, doesn't know that she's not alive. She's an angel. And, and she asked her, why did you leave home? And she said, do you ever have one of those fights where it feels like it's having you? You're not having the fight. Oh. And she's like, I oh, just God. never. And, so, and Angela at one Circle. point yells at her mom, I could be her. And and her mom's like, no, you can't. You'll never be her. Like, you would never be homeless. And Angela's like, I could be her. Like, things could get so bad. But also, I mean, in all seriousness, Angela has a safety net and Ricky doesn't, which I think is what we're trying to get at here. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's a very beautiful episode. It all comes together at the end with Angela's mother and Ricky Mm -hmm. having a very beautiful moment where he sobs in her arms and then they bring him home. And it's, it's
1: it's. yeah, it sounds like this episode really kind of transcends the the schmaltiness you might see in some other Christmas episodes. So that one sounds great. Yeah, share with a couple of your other ones. My
2: next one is another obscure TV show called <laughs> Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. I
1: cannot believe that you picked this one. I am up in arms. This is when we fight. Kelsey was Ooh, right. I'm oh,
3: ready. Okay.
2: We okay. are drawing blood. and I am
1: not someone that necessarily like hates this TV show, but I've I will not.
2: Okay, I can say front. it is not a good TV
1: show. <laughs> the brief the brief lock line of this show if you haven't seen it is it came on it's premiered almost exactly at the same time as 30 Rock which later went on to become more of a classic. This is yes. Aaron Sorkin's show. is in
2: 2006. Or oh, 2005 it is. It's a, show,
1: it's a show within a show Sorkin. about the production of a Saturday Night Live yeah. type show. It stars Sarah Paulson. Yes. Bradley it Whitford. It stars Bradley Whitford. What?
2: Matthew yes, Perry, Matthew
1: Perry, and oh, Amanda, Pete. Amanda, Pete. Is what? it DL Hewley also?
3: Yes, I
2: think. And DL,
1: yes, it's quite the cast. This is like a. Deep a cut. It. It's absolutely insane. Chelsea,
3: <laughs> we'll at this time, re- never heard of such a thing in my life. Real
1: quick, because I don't want to go. I don't want us to go too far down the Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> oh, uh, I can talk for hours about. It. I know, I know. But How
3: long was it on TV? For it was only season. for one season. But the thing about
1: <laughs> it is. The thing that's the worst thing about the show in general is that they show like parts of the sketches yeah. on the show and it's supposed to be like, oh, these are comedy geniuses. <laughs> and you watch it. It's not funny. I it's mean, not funny, which is ridiculous because like you well, watch. The, sh- sh- the show Sorkin is a drama, is though. Yeah, but the show that's on the show is supposed to be funny. <laughs> Sharon. Okay. okay so tell, s- tell us about this Christmas okay, episode. that you Let me have-
2: just say one more thing about the show in general. You might find from a, hist- a historical perspective, when yeah. when 30 Rock and Studio 60 were both about to premiere, everyone thought Studio 60 was going to be a huge hit. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin right. coming off the West Wing, and they thought 30 Rock would be one and done, kind of gone, sure. and the opposite mm-hmm. happened. So anyway... But Studio 60, I loved it. My friend Dave Friese loved it. We were the only two people in America, or maybe in the world, who loved it. Even what? though we fully admitted it was a terrible show. This
3: is how I am with Smash, so I yeah. understand. Oh. Well, you know, I love Smash. We yeah. all have, well, a, we're we the only two, rabbit two rabbit people rabbit. in America. But this,
2: okay, but here's the thing about this Christmas show. The only good thing about it, it was so good that they ended up releasing a song they got actual survivors from Hurricane Katrina through the Tipatina found, Foundation. I wish
1: that this was not an audio medium and <laughs> yeah. that you could see Kelsey Bradshaw's yeah. face right she shot now.
2: Trombone Shorty. <laughs> what? So the show within the show is they're doing a, a holiday episode of the show within the show. And the musical guests that week are all these musicians from New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina survivors. And they do a horn rendition of um, Oh Holy Night that is the most beautiful rendition of Oh Holy Night you'll ever hear in your lives. I was watching it, tears streaming down my face. We didn't have texting at the time, so I couldn't text my friend Dave Freeze and be like, are you watching this? But we watched, we talked about it at work the next day. You sent a pigeon
1: instead.
2: (laughs) A smoke signal. I wrote a story about it for for the Kansas City Star. It was so good. And then it was so good that they released it however you released music back then, as a free
1: download.
3: <laughs> you had iTunes in 2006, right? Sharon, where were you?
1: <laughs> I was a little and ass in the park. like I was somewhere. She was in, she was in Kansas. <laughs> yeah.
3: But so,
2: yeah, I think you can still listen to it. I'll find it. Hold it you. The survivors were real survivors? Yeah, yeah. No, these oh. were all musicians oh. who had... Had to flee, you know, New Orleans. I'm not
1: going to grinch about this because it does sound like it's very well intended. However,
2: well intended.
3: That's a perfect
1: way to put it. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. I'm very tactful sometimes. Um, I have surely seen this episode and yet there is no, there's no fold in my gray matter that contains the memory of this episode.
2: Well, please go. But I'll find the song and send it to you. And maybe we'll find a link that we can put on our podcast page. I mean, it does it sound really very beautiful. like
3: Aaron Sorkin. It does. Like, yeah, like yes.
2: let's just go for this. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Sharon, sure. anyway.
1: what's your last one? My
2: last one is up. from pro- possibly my favorite TV show of all time, which is Downton Abbey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for this yes, one. Eric knows. <laughs> I rewatched this again last night, even though I've seen it ten times. uh Season two, which is the most packed season of Downton Abbey the Christmas episode of season two, which is the last episode. And you know, at the BBC, they like to have a Christmas day episode. So this is what aired in England on Christmas day.
1: England does Christmas, right? I just want to say they do it so much better than we do. Yeah,
2: they really (laughs) do. Now with PBS, they've started also giving it to us in America, which is good. So like, if you're a call the midwife fan, Mm. you can watch the Christmas holiday episode the same day. Anyway, so much happens. Like there's a Ouija board. (laughs) 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 I mean so much happens there's a trial going on there's a Ouija board and and this is why I included this I was telling Eric there's like these throwaway moments that just made me laugh and laugh during the Ouija board um, if you watch Downton Abbey Mrs. Hughes is the Scottish housekeeper who knows everything she's a very practical woman and she interrupts them all the servants are playing on the Ouija board and she's like put that away you got work to do and Daisy the very sort of naive young uh, housemaid or no she's not a housemaid she's a kitchen Kitchen maid Says, uh, don't you believe in spirits? (laughs) And Mrs. Hughes says, I wrote this down. Well, I don't believe they're playing board games. (laughs) Oh,
1: you're getting an impression. You're getting theater here (laughs) (laughs) on I Love You So Much.
2: (laughs) My apologies to people who are Scottish because I can't really do that. No, that was
3: good. That was good. You You should do that for the rest (laughs) of the time.
1: Yeah, see, as opposed to Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip, when we do a show within a show, it's hilarious. <laughs>
3: that is true. And it works. It
2: and runs it works. So, for more than one season. A million things <laughs> happen during this. Mary dumps Sir Richard. There's a fight. I had forgotten about the fight. Sir Richard is yelling at Mary, and Matthew comes rushing in, like, what's going on? And they get into, like, <laughs> that was good, an upper-crest fight where, like, they kind of shove each other, and they roll around on the ground, and then Lord Grantham runs in, and he's like, stop this at once! <laughs> <laughs> and it is... Just hilarious. But New Year's happened. Wait, please do that again. <laughs> Stop this at one.
1: <laughs> there you go. There's your yeah. new text tone everywhere. <laughs> Put this on We will
2: release that just like they did Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. We'll do the job. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it is it is the most packed episode in the most packed season of, of Downton Abbey. And of course, it ends with Matthew and Mary finally, finally admitting that they love each other and they're going to get married. They sort of Rest the ghost of Lavinia that, you know, Matthew felt guilty about her dying during the Spanish flu epidemic of a broken heart. And um,
1: so it sounds like this episode has it does what a good Christmas episode should do, which is it contains the holiday trappings, the holiday. It's got it's got wintry scenes and it's got nutcrackers and Ouija boards. And then also it advances (laughs) the plot in a very satisfying way.
2: That really sums it up. Although I will tell you, my very last note, I wrote down an American cowboy (laughs) exclamation point.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) right.
2: Because at one point Lord Grantham, he finds out about Mary's somewhat racy past, and, and oh. that it's going to come out and be a scandal. Because Sir Richard is now mad at her, um, and he tell, tells her to go to America and find a cowboy and shake things up a little bit.
3: Unlike yeah. unlike she doesn't do that now because she finally no. she and Matthew she finally. and Matthew get together. Yeah, so sorry. yeah. Come on, <laughs> I know that would come be on, a different Kelsey. show.
1: This is a major motion picture this year.
3: It yeah. was. Major. We're Come still on. talking about it.
1: Okay, Kelsey. Well, now it's time for you to give us your four <laughs> holiday specials. I hope there will be
3: voices. And why
1: you love them. Yes, there Sharon might be had- singing.
3: I don't know if there will be voices. Oh, <laughs> I perfect. Like Because my first pick is uh, Glee.
1: <laughs> Glee. Yes. I know exactly what you're going to say. Lay it on us.
3: Okay. So my first two are Thanksgiving, which I feel like is fine, even though yes. Thanksgiving has ended, because Thanksgiving for me... It's more just about like hanging out with my friends and family and eating. So like Mm -hmm. that happens year round. So you can enjoy these year round. (laughs) But there is an absolutely insane episode of Glee. (laughs) Is that every episode of Glee? (laughs) Pretty much. It's called Thanksgiving. It's season four. I think I wrote down episode eight. I don't know. But it's crazy. All of our like original Glee cast, they have like graduated from high school. Like half of them have gone off to college. Uh, What's his name? Finn, Corey Monteith. He stays behind, and he's the new Glee teacher. As sure. I'm assuming he's supposed to be like 19. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I stopped watching it by this point, so it's this Ohio. is all new to gets, me. It gets so bad when they go to college. <laughs> it's truly awful. And it was maybe bad before that, but I, I'm i a Glee apologist, so That first season of Glee is it's a perfection. perfect season of television, yes. so no apologies. But so, like, yeah. the, the episode opens with them, like, back in their high school um, – stage in the theater and they're singing home by Philip Phillips. And oh, it's gosh. like one of those things where it's like, who let these people in here? Why are they here? It's Ohio. like they're all <laughs> dressed for a different occasion. Santana is wearing like a cocktail dress. and then like Quinn looks like she's about to like go to church. and like it just makes, no sense, and they're all like, I'm so happy we could be together, like, for the holidays. And it also, so these nice.
1: characters don't like each other. Like, no, half characters no. hate yeah. each other. And
3: in real life, they all really hated each other. Uh-huh. Like, it just oh. doesn't, oh, oh, Sharon. I don't know about Oh, there's this. so much Glee drama. Wow. <laughs> like, Santana and Leah Michelle, Rachel Berry, they didn't like each other. No, no, anyway. No. Okay. So, they're home, and they're like, we're gonna mentor the Glee Club, because they have sectionals coming up, and the song of choice for sectionals is Gangnam style because that's what was happening <laughs> this is at the, the time we,
1: what year was this like 2000 well
3: let's see glee followed me so it would be like 2012 when Twelve. this was happening oh, oh wow because like when they were sophomores i was a sophomore like when they were in college i was Aww. in college that's why the show means so much <laughs> to me <laughs> Okay, but Thanksgiving. But so then they flash us to New York City where Kurt and Rachel Berry, Leah Michelle, and Chris Colfer, they have decided to stay in town for Thanksgiving and not go home.
1: And hang out with Sarah oh, Jessica Park. Wait,
3: oh, I did see gets, this. Is this when they so have good. a kiki? <laughs> yes, this is when they Sharon. have a kiki, Sharon. I, I literally picked I this because that. it's like a fever dream and I cannot believe that. <laughs> I think <happened>. I
1: DMG <laughs> this video on Twitter fairly recently. <laughs>
3: Probably, yes. Yes. Oh my it's gosh. It's just like insane. So they decide to stay in New York and like Chris Colfer has, like, got himself an internship for a fashion magazine that's run by Sarah Jessica Parker, who's, like, this grown-up version of Carrie Bradshaw. And, like, Kurt is, like, heartbroken because him and Blaine, a.k.a. Darren Chris, have, like, broken up. And, like, I wrote this down because it's just so crazy to me that they allowed this to be said. She says, uh, SJP says, nothing... Is better than being single in New York City, and it's like, oh. what is going on in this How episode? Did How did
1: she say? How did she agree to say that line?
3: I don't know because she's just Carrie Bradshaw forever. Like, I yeah. respect her. I think she's so good. Mm-hmm. But so Kurt is like, if you're not doing anything for Thanksgiving, like you can come over to my loft with me and Rachel Berry and like the really hot dance teacher person and
1: famous drag queen Shangela. Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: Oh. yes So they're all like sitting there, and there's this like really creepy scene where like Rachel Berry and the hot dance teacher are like buttering the turkey together and you're like what (laughs) are they watching Like, aren't they supposed to literally be 18 or 19 like they are children and Uh they look very old anyway they're sitting there and then like Kurt gets a call or no there's like a knock at the door and like Shangela comes in and they're dancing and they're like hey like what's up like SJP sent us here and then like they shoot to they like shoot to her calling Kurt and she's like getting on the subway or getting off the subway and she's like Hey, like it's been a crazy night, and like let's have a kiki. Which if yes, you have if
1: you have uh-huh. listened to the song, let's have a kiki by The Scissor Sisters. Yeah. Yes. it starts with a phone call. Ooh, girl, yes. she's been a bitch tonight. Yes,
3: <laughs> and, was, and she's like, no calves, nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like this, also this like mashup that I'm about to describe. Oh. It was on my like wake up playlist in. 2012 for the longest time. Oh, I love (laughs) that. Because it's so good. She's like, they're singing Let's Have a Kiki. Like all these like fashion people come in, you know, they all have like crazy clothes on and they like come into the loft and like they're like, what's going on? And like SJP shows up and they're all singing this like Let's Have a Kiki song and they're doing like choreography. And then Leah Michelle, she sings this like Turkey song because like from her family. It's called
1: the Turkey Lurkey song, which She's apparently like, oh, is a turkey song. Lurky that time. is a song. It's a song. Yeah,
3: it's crazy. Yeah, and like SJP, like her, I can't, I, I don't know why I'm calling her that. Her name's Isabel. No, I like SJP. <laughs> SJP is better. But yeah. so, like when Leah Michelle starts singing that, like it's Turkey Lurkey time. Like Tom Turkey ran away, but he just came home. <laughs> like SJP, like looks at her, and I'm like same girl. I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) Like I don't understand this at all. And then, like, let's have a Kiki starts again. And then they, like, take us back to sectionals where they're doing, like, Gangnam style.
1: Truly unhinged. Like,
3: it's just crazy. Like, the whole thing is not even really about Thanksgiving. Like, it's more about like sectionals and all this stuff happening. Oh, the Warblers perform uh, and yes, they, the Warblers. Do, they do that horrible whistle song if that whistle fam- baby whistle oh, gosh, baby.
1: No. If you're not familiar yes. with Glee, the Warblers are sort of a rival glee club to the New Directions, which is the titular glee club.
3: Yes.
2: Is yeah. are the Warblers the group that uh, Jonathan Groff was in? on Glee no
1: mm. he
3: was in a no because it, that's like an all boys private school Jonathan no yeah. no, no
1: no Jonathan yeah you, Jonathan you're talking Groff. about uh, Sharon was talking about what's the space? Um oh I can't think of his name the one from American uh, Crime Story uh, Darren Criss oh, yeah, yeah, isn't in the
2: Jonathan Graff in he Glee is. at some
1: he point okay. he is but he's like a weird double agent. that's we could talk about he's Glee he's not from, from the, the Warblers so but it's just I
3: do think we'll take that off this episode of Glee like does have a little bit of everything like as far as glee goes like it's just crazy like they have like an amish performance <laughs> where they sing like to grandmother's house we go like jane lynch has a baby i think mm. like there's an eating disorder arc happening there's gangham style like turkey Lurky time. time like leah michelle just being leah michelle like sarah jessica parker is there like none of it really makes any so sense. so it
1: is it is both seasonal Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we've said, is the the good holiday episode, yes. and it also is the peak version yes. of that show.
3: Yes, exactly. Okay, oh, I love so that. the
1: Glee Thanksgiving episode is number one on Kelsey's list. What's our <laughs> next one?
3: <laughs> so the next one is my second Thanksgiving one, and it's from New Girl, which I find to be a perfect television show. Great show, and it's their first Thanksgiving episode in the first season. And it's like Zoe Deschanel as Jess, like her and her boyfriend have recently broken up. And so she invites Justin Long, who's a teacher Mm -hmm. at her school over for Thanksgiving. And like all of Jess's male roommates are like, no, I don't I don't want to do Thanksgiving. Like, who did you invite? We don't know how to cook. Like what's going on? and like Justin Long is the exact same as like Jess's character like they both break out into song randomly like they're both kind of like nerdy oh I love that like the whole time Justin Long he has like he drinks like a pumpkin ale and like <laughs> Nick Jess's roommate who I love Jake Johnson mm-hmm. he like cannot handle whatever Justin Long is doing like Justin Long like brings a violin with him he's like oh my my, Nana passed away I usually spend Thanksgiving with her and Nick is just like oh God like this guy sucks and <laughs> (laughs) then like at some point they need something from the store and Jess is like nick why don't you and justin long his name is paul paul (laughs) genslinger she's like nick why don't you and paul go to the store and pick something up and paul's like okay i can drive and he's like dang it i've had two pumpkin ales i can't do it he's like nick have you had any pumpkin ales like can you drive and nick is like i haven't had any pumpkin ales (laughs) like what are you talking about so he's just kind of like looking at him as like a sissy type of thing I love Justin Long. I love Justin Long. And it's just so funny. They're like trying to cook the turkey in their dryer and like the dryer explodes and like their apartment fills with smoke and they're like, Thanksgiving is ruined. And Jess is like, no, it's fine. Like we have a key to our next door neighbor's house. Like this like old woman who is like not there or something. She's like, we can just go there. Like she comes to our apartment to shower sometimes. Like it's (laughs) fine. And so they go across and like. Nick is still just, like, mad at Justin Long's presence and, like, Nick and Jess have, like, a fight in the hallway where she's, like, talking about how she wants to sleep with Paul, Justin Long, and um it's just this whole thing and, like, finally everybody, like, calms down and, like, everything is fine because, like, everybody loves Paul Genslinger except for Nick and, like, Nick is like, whatever, I'll just be nice, it's fine. And so Paul is like, okay, I'm going to perform my violin for everyone and Jess is like, perfect, like, let's do the song from like the Thanksgiving play at school and so Paul like walks to the back of this old woman's apartment so he can like come back out to perform and he starts screaming like dead body dead body oh. dead body and like the old woman in the apartment complex had died oh no and oh. she was just like dead in the bathroom and like It's just so funny.
1: A slightly dark take on the holiday, It's dark, but
3: it's funny. And then they all. some social
2: issues coming in.
3: (laughs) They all go to like Black Friday after that. Uh And like, it's just, I just really love New Girl.
1: It's just so funny. So, New Girl Thanksgiving, also a top holiday episode. Kelsey, what's another one for us?
3: Yes. Okay. So, I figured I did need to do a Christmas one. Um, And do we care about spoilers for The Office? No. no. Okay. I great. think anything I feel like that has uh, yeah, I feel like most office things are well
1: known. Anything that has not aired on television this year, I think, is fair game for spoilers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah.
3: So this is um the office's episode. I think it's called a Moroccan Christmas.
1: Love the Moroccan <laughs> Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the American kick. office, right? Yes. American yes.
3: office. I think this is in season four. It's an maybe? earlier season, yeah. Because, like, Jim and Pam are, like, together. Uh Um, And then Angela is engaged to Andy. And (laughs) she's cheating on Andy with Dwight. Uh They're, like, sleeping together. And Phyllis, she catches Angela and Dwight, like, in an earlier episode. All
1: of your Holly episodes (laughs) are sexy, Kelsey. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Don't apologize.
3: Mine are full of, like, social issues. Yeah, yours (laughs) are beautiful. Well, because, like, I prefer, like, laugh. Because I get way too in my feelings. Like I'm not about to go see Mr. Rogers until like March because of like the Uh, time of year. I'm like, I'm just gonna cry. Like I'd rather just go when I'm not in this like holiday emotion
1: Mm -hmm. mood.
3: But anyway, Phyllis is blackmailing Angela.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, blackmail.
3: Anyway, back to the blackmail. So the best holidays are all centered on blackmail. blackmail. So Phyllis like had caught Angela and Dwight sleeping together and she was like, Oh my God. And so Phyllis takes control of the party planning committee (laughs) in the the office. A coup. Yes. Which Angela, like that was her role. Like nobody was taking it from her. And so, and Angela also plays like a very, she plays like an uptight Christian woman. If you have not seen it. And like, she has like a nativity scene at her desk and Phyllis comes by and she's like, what is this? Like, you can't have this. And Angela is like, it's Christmas. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, we're having a night in Morocco like that's the theme of our Christmas party this year and she like shoves the whole nativity like into her desk except for like like an elephant and a camel she's like these can stay (laughs) Angela's like well she's gonna meet her maker who she just shoved into a drawer (laughs) like anyway so they have this like Moroccan party and like Michael's making like crazy drinks for everyone and Meredith gets super drunk and like Phyllis is bossing Angela around the whole time. She's like, please go cut up some hummus and like fan it out so it will be easy to grab for everyone. And Angela's like, please stop doing this to me. (laughs) And it's really funny. And then yeah, this maybe is a dark episode too because then Michael is like, I'm pretty sure Meredith is an alcoholic and we need to have an intervention right now in the office.
1: This sounds like a classic <laughs> office episode though, yes. which is yes. what we've said is a very good marker of holiday episode is that it advances the plot in some way, like yes. the oh, overarching plot. Yeah, yes,
3: yeah. especially with the Dwight and Angela and Andy thing. Like, mm-hmm. This is a big episode for that because... So they're like doing an intervention and they're like, Meredith, you're an alcoholic. And she's like, I'm not an alcoholic, but like I am addicted to porn. And everyone's like, (laughs) ew, (laughs) what's going on? And so like they like Meredith and Michael like go into a conference room for a long time where I guess he convinces her. She's like, I think he lies to her. He says to her like, oh, I'll take you to a bar. Like, let's go. And instead he takes her to like a rehab facility and she's like running away from him in the parking lot. And then they like leave together because it's like you have to like submit themselves voluntarily like you can't commit meredith your employee right. against well, she her has will to want to be get help right right yes. yeah but so then angela like confronts phyllis at the end of the party and like says a bunch of messed up stuff to her she's like i'm not gonna listen to you anymore because like you'll never reveal like you'll you're not um like strong enough or whatever enough to like reveal that i'm cheating on andy and Phyllis is like, you're right, Angela. Like, so true. And then like turns around and is like, Angela and Dwight are sleeping together. Like to the whole office, <laughs> except Andy is not in the room. And like uh, Andy walks from the back and he's like, what's up, guys? Like he's so annoying, right? Like with his dumb voice, he's like, scubledoodle do. Like whatever he's saying, yeah. <laughs> like comes in, and everyone's just staring at him. And like no one tells Andy that he's Aww, been cheated on, and it's Andy. like so sad. Uh,
2: but it's, there's so, two it's sad funny. things there: one, Andy, and two. <laughs> yeah. It is very sad that Dwight and Angela, yeah. spoiler, don't make it in the end.
3: Anyway. Yes, they do. No, I thought they broke up. Oh, Sharon. Do they make they it? They get married.
1: Oh, man. Did you?
3: Did you not know this either? No, I knew. Oh, it's oh. so funny. Maybe they type? get married in their graves that they will later be oh. buried. in. <laughs> well, this makes me feel better. I must yeah, have yeah, given yeah. up on the office. Yeah. Well, because this, this they take a long time. Like yeah. they do a thing where it's like they're good for a long time, and then they take them away from us, and like eventually yes. bring us back to them. Okay, oh, yeah, all right, great. They had broken up because Dwight killed her cat. <laughs> yes, I remember that.
1: <laughs> so just so much darkness, Kelly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a happy such a, one. Such a dark. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's let's bring it back home with uh, what I think is your, your so your fourth one. <laughs> yes. Late on us And I know what it is But Do the big reveal Jermall okay. please Are Love you it.
3: I mean are you excited About what I'm it is I'm very like, excited Like how are you feeling I'm
1: very excited <laughs> Okay I'm just, ready I've been waiting for it. you Sharon I was...
3: how are you feeling Well I will
2: say I've never seen an episode Of this show at all So I'm very excited To hear about it Okay I know what it
3: is but, So yeah. Rugrats Hanukkah
1: <laughs> Boom <laughs> We're ready
3: So As a Jewish person I had to bring this here Right yeah. Like mm-hmm. you have to discuss Hanukkah. Yes, thank you. Um, sometimes it happens around the same time as Christmas. A couple years ago, it happened on Thanksgiving, and everyone was like, "This will never happen again in our lifetimes." Like it's Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, <laughs> oh. and I was like, "Wow." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Hanukkah. So Rugrats did an episode because Tommy the Pickles is uh-huh. are Jewish. Like Dee Dee is Jewish. His mom. Okay. Uh-huh. And I was reading about it online this morning to make sure I knew what I was talking about, and it was like one of the very first. It was like the first like television Hanukkah. Yeah, because I can't think <laughs> of, a, of yeah. another. I can't think of one before or after. Well, I was
1: gonna say honestly, can't really think of too many, which is a shame. But can't think of too many Christmas or Hanukkah themed no. TV specials no. in general. No. I don't.
3: I'm not sure that there is one. I'm not claiming to be like, like knowing everything about what is Hanukkah like, on you know, television, but I
2: gotta believe like the facts of life or something did like a very special learn maybe. about that's possible and then you met this great family and yeah. then you never saw them again right probably because
3: i'm happened. trying to think of like because like obviously like i think the marvelous miss Maisel, mm-hmm. like they're very jewish family and it's like such a delight to watch but i'm not even sure we've seen hanukkah on that show but like oh, wow. we've seen oh. like yom kippur and i think maybe passover on that show and like that's very cool. Like those are both really big holidays. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think anyone has like really messed with Hanukkah.
1: So maybe the next season.
3: Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully that yeah. would be fun.
1: Fingers fingers crossed. Okay. Um, so talk to us about the Rugrats Hanukkah yes. special. We have the we have the Rugrats Hanukkah special.
3: Yes. It's very good. That's that's what we have.
1: That's what we have. <laughs> um, so I remember watching this as a kid. Yeah, I remember and I remember watching it at home because they showed it all the time. And I remember watching it actually in school. I remember they showed it to us around the holidays. Oh, that's they fun. showed you the Rugrats Hanukkah they showed us episode. The Rugrats Hanukkah. Oh, that's, special. that's nice. That's yeah. good.
3: I wow. was like the. I got a lot of like Q and A during Hanukkah at school. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of questions that uh, I had to answer. Austin
1: Independent School District. <laughs>
3: wow, I went to Catholic school,
2: so. But we did have a Religions of the World class, okay. so we learned about,
3: yeah. yeah, Okay, so. cool. Anyway, so Tommy, like, Dee Dee's mom and dad come over for the holidays, and Dee Dee's mom is, like, telling the Rugrats the story of Hanukkah. And, like, while she's telling the story, the babies are picturing themselves as the people in the story. So, So <laughs> Tommy is, like, Judah, who's, like, the leader of the Maccabees. Um, and the like,
1: Maccababies. Yes,
3: the Maccababies. And like, I'm sure everyone knows the story of Hanukkah, but, you know, the Jews like reclaimed a space and like there was a big war and then they only had a little bit of oil left over, but it like lasted for eight days and yeah. it was a miracle and it's beautiful and it's the festival of lights and it's lovely. Um, but so, so this the,
1: story, but with babies.
3: Yes, but with babies. And so it's really funny. Like I made sure to write down the thing Tommy says where he's like a Maccababy's got to do what a Maccababy's got to do. And like he's got his <laughs> little baby voice and like it's very nice. Um, And she's like telling the story and the kids are imagining themselves. And like, it's a good explainer. Like I felt like I learned. That's why they showed this in school. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny the way that they like set things up. It's like uh, they finish or like they're almost done with the story. And the grandma's like, I'm going to go help Didi make latkes in the kitchen. And like, they go in there and one of the rugrats parents who isn't Jewish is like, like, pancakes at dinner time? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like,
1: What's still that? Like, what?
3: please explain. <laughs> Dee is like, these are potato pancakes, and, like, we cook things in oil during Hanukkah. Like, we fry stuff. We cook things in oil to remind us that, like, the oil lasted for eight days. And then there's this whole other, like, subplot <laughs> with, The grandpa and the grandpa's friend, there's like a play and he's like mad at the friend. And I don't totally understand what's happening. There's some Hanukkah play and like his friend plays like the bad guy. And then he's like, this friend has always been trying to like steal my shine. My whole life. I don't know what's going on. Here's another thing
1: you're bringing up (laughs) that has been stored away in the deep recesses of my mind that I had not had to access for 25 years. And I'm now remembering slowly. Yes, I remember this now. Yeah, right. Isn't it weird? It is.
3: I don't like know what's happening, and then the whole time Angelica, who's like, she sucks. <laughs> She's oh, yeah.
1: Angelica, Angelica, please. Um, the bad people. The bad people, yeah. because they also there is a Rugrats episode. I really hope I'm not imagining this. It's Let's very possible it. I'm you. having a fever dream right now but isn't there one where they tell the Moses story with the yes. babies? Yes. Thank you. Yes. And Angelica plays Pharaoh, which yes. I think is oh. hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and I think really begs for some critical reassessment.
2: <laughs> yes. <in> Who plays <laughs> Moses? I Tommy. I mean, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy's he, always yo, the let let hero. Let my
3: people go. Let my
1: babies, let my babies go. go. Oh, let my babies go. It's <laughs> always course. baby themes. Yeah. It's
3: also like there's so many good stories like with all, like the Moses story is a great story and like Hanukkah's a great story yeah. and then they're like Angelica's gonna
1: be the one that sucks <laughs> yeah Aww. well she, I mean she always was I
3: mean she's bullied them she's the bully or like Chucky was <laughs> I was re-watching the episode before this if
1: you've never watched Regrets these are all the names of babies oh
3: yes all babies but right. Chucky was describing how he was like being bullied at school and I was like this is dark like he's being <laughs> fully bullied like it's not even like haha you have glasses which yeah. is fully also terrible but it's like he's being like shoved into places oh, wow. and like just horrible stuff and I was like because Chucky's supposed to be like the tiniest bit older than them, but they make it sound like he was like lame in high school. uh uh-huh. <laughs> like- also, did y'all ever watch?
1: A- I watch All Adult. Growed Up. Okay, yeah, Rugrats All Growed Up. Yes, thank I watched goodness. the premiere on what did TV. What do they call that? They call it Rugrats All Growed Up. Oh. All it, Growed. Not Growed. It was, it was crazy. It was real wild. It was real wild. I regret. There's a lot of things. Yeah. This is actually a perfect segue into me and tell, talking about my list. Yes. It's yeah. time for me now. <laughs> um, But there are many things like that where I like watch them probably a little bit too long. Like maybe yeah. I shouldn't have kept oh. watching. Oh, I
3: fully. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Watch, oh. I watch Power rangers
3: yes far longer yes. than most
1: people my age watch power rangers or
3: it's like i still currently care about like zoe 101 sure victorious sure. which yes. i feel like We've is maybe a little more acceptable but like not no. really it's not
1: it's not <laughs> i don't all. know
2: what you guys are talking about uh, zoe I 101
3: watch it's Britney Spears' little sister. Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn, oh, okay. Lynn. And they yes. had to cancel the show when she got pregnant. Anyway, yeah. carry on, Eric. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a whole thing. Well, speaking uh. of um, <laughs> unexpected births, Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, so my first one is a Mad Men Christmas episode. Ooh. Ooh. And the thing about none of the Mad yeah. Men Christmas episodes are perfect examples of... The, a Christmas message in any way, shape, or form. None of them are uplifting at all. No, no episode of Mad Men is uplifting. <laughs> well, in literally,
3: general. not
2: a single. The John one. Deere one makes me laugh and laugh. Yes, <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Mad Men is a much funnier show than people give it credit for. Yeah, that's true. But my favorite episode, my favorite season of Mad Men, is the fifth season, and so I picked the Christmas episode from the fifth season called Christmas Waltz. Primarily, oh. honestly, so there's other things going on. In this episode, you uh, have Lane Price, who uh, is played by uh, Jared Harris uh, okay. from Chernobyl. Oh, my God. And so he's a partner. He's, <laughs> and he was the king in the first season of The Crown. King in the first season ahead. of The Crown.
3: And I hate that guy. Carry on.
1: Oh. I love oh, it. We're so good Everything like,
3: I've seen him in, I'm like, ah, oh, you're annoying. You're going to no, die. Did you about- watch Chernobyl? I
1: Anyway, sorry. Well, in Mad Men, he plays Lane Price, who's sort of like the money (laughs) man. He's a tragic figure. He's a very (laughs) tragic figure. And this episode is a very significant step in his tragic arc, um, where he's having money problems and he wants to give the whole staff at Sterling Cooper, Draper Price Christmas (laughs) bonuses. And then Don is like, oh, we should give them out at the Christmas party. But Lane's like, no, I need it now because I'm insolvent. (laughs) It's, It's very sad. Of course, he doesn't tell anyone that. But the main... And then there's also this plot with um, Paul Kinsey who, like, disappeared for, like, a couple seasons and he comes back and he's a Harry Krishna. It's weird. Oh, yeah. But the main reason I picked this is there... This is a great Don Draper played by John Hamm Mm -hmm. and Joan Holloway Harris played by Christina Hendricks uh, episode. They are two characters that the show often kind of presented as almost, like, counterparts to each other even Mm -hmm. though they didn't interact. Really a whole lot if you watch the show. Like... But every time they do interact, it's great because they really, I think, recognize, and it's completely unsaid, but they always recognize that they're sort of equals, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because they both, first of all, they're both just like the hottest people on television. The, yeah. Hottest. The hottest. people on television. <laughs> but they're both just very like confident, like in charge people who are very, I think they both recognize that they hold like a charisma maybe. Um, well, and, and
2: she had his number. Like she yes. did not fall for his
1: Right, because she's
3: like told, like she is like told him off a handful of times.
1: Yes. Well, yes. She was one of the only characters that could really get away with that. Right. On the mm-hmm. show, Okay, too. I'm trying
3: to remember. I mm-hmm. watched most of the show, show when I had the mm-hmm. flu once. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and as, we, and as
1: admin fans know, John does very much respect a uh, strong woman. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, he has a, a million bazillion, quadrillion faults, <laughs> but that is not one of them. Um so, this has one of my all time favorite Don and Joan scenes, and they're at a bar. It's Christmas time. It really feels Christmassy, and they're commiserating over their respective problems. Don is having some agency problems. Joan is having some marriage problems because she always had marriage problems oh, yeah. in the show. And it's just really great. And there's this really great shot of the two of them being hot, wearing great <laughs> period clothing, uh, sitting at the bar, just like talking to each other like old friends. And it just kind of smoking. F- Smoke, probably, yeah, definitely drinking. And so it's just like a really great, just what we were talking about, it really feels Christmassy, but it also kind of does a lot for the larger picture of the show, I think. And like I said, it gives you like one of those all-time great character moments. And Mad Men is so good at character moments. So Christmas Waltz, season five episode of Mad Men, I think I do, I watch it pretty much every... Every Christmas. You I, do? I queue oh, it up. I like That's that. nice. There's lots of things I watch every Christmas. So do yeah. I
3: watch anything every Christmas?
2: Oh, I have many.
1: I watch my Christmas every Christmas. Yeah. Okay, so my other one, so I'm this can kinda of be like a cumulative one. So Sharon will know that Doctor Who <gasps> Yes classic British sci-fi series, they, in case you didn't know. I'm looking at Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you so much. Kelsey, just so you know. What
3: else? <laughs> David Tennant is my favorite
1: doctor. I'm anyway, ma- go ahead. Is I'm he a ma- real doctor? No. Who,
3: ah. It's who? Is there a doctor what? Is there a doctor why? His
1: name is not yeah. Doctor Who. This, is, <laughs> this doctor is a great primer for casual <laughs> yeah. listeners. His name is The Doctor.
3: Yes, yes.
1: And so, but the show is called Doctor Who. It's very confusing. It started in the 60s. No one really knew what they were doing. Hmm but drugs they were doing they were doing it. drugs so there have been christmas specials uh and like we said england does christmas right yes they almost every show has a christmas special which is amazing uh and the doctor who christmas specials are always this is oh this is i'm good job eric this is so such a good one to pick because every christmas special really advances the show like this it's a very like serialized sci-fi show and oh, yeah. every episode there's a couple that are kind of more standalone but like the Christmas specials tend to introduce very major characters that are going to be very important or they tie up um, plot threads. And so a couple of my, there's one that's like a Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe um, themed episode that's like, meh, kind of whatever. There's another one with like some evil snowmen that's meh, kind of whatever. What do you Um, mean kind of whatever? It's kind of whatever. Not not as strong of an entry. They're more like bottle episodes where they just kind of occur in a vacuum, but they're very Christmassy. But two of my favorites are... Okay, are you ready? Uh, one is from, I think it's season 11. It is uh, The Husbands of River Song. Is that <gasps> yes. right? It's so good. It's so good. Um, maybe not season. But uh, it's The Husbands of River Song. And so River Song, in case you don't know, is this character. Kelsey, you don't know, so I'm just going I do yeah. not know. Major spoilers. Major,
2: major spoilers. To me. Major spoilers huge fine. spoilers. It's you plan by Alex Kingston. From, ER. right? from ER. From mm-hmm. ER, yeah. So
1: if you plan on watching Doctor Who ever. Lovely don't. British lady. Lovely British lady. So she appears throughout the show. And so the concept of Doctor Who, in case you missed it, is they <laughs> just like recast the Doctor, and they write in this kind of explanation that he's you know, an immortal Time Lord, and so whenever he dies, he regenerates into like a new body. Okay. And so that allows them to cast new people to play the Doctor throughout the decades, right? And so, River Song first appears um, in one of the David Tennant seasons, and she's this mysterious figure who's like, I have a past with the Doctor and she's just quippy. She's like an adventurous arche- archeologist, but also maybe like a thief and a criminal. She's a real rogue. She has her own little sonic screwdriver, which is the doctor's weapon, and no one else has one, yeah. so it's a very big deal. She But has he one. doesn't
2: remember her. He doesn't remember That's her. That's why it's like, what when is they, happening?
1: When they very, yeah, right, so when they very first meet, they set up this mystery, and she dies in her very first appearance, and so you find out um, that they are living their timelines in reverse. what? I know, and so then, but to Doctor Who's great credit, to the showrunner's great credit, they don't like Resolve that for a very long time <laughs> until this episode, <laughs> and she just kind of keeps appearing throughout the series, like and throughout different doctors.
2: Oh, yeah, there's different clues about her, mm-hmm. sometimes. and you yeah. never
1: like really. And you, every time they, they meet, like you learn a little bit something new about something they have. So, anyway, eventually, like you learn, like they were married, like she is the doctor's wife, yeah, she knows his real name, she knows his real name, which no one knows his real yeah. name. We oh, only know his real name, she only whispers it, and people she, she knows how to pilot the TARDIS, which is yes. his, like um space time machine thing, and I no have one. Heard- the TARDIS. Yeah, no one knows how, but she knows how. And the TARDIS, and the TARDIS doesn't like other people, but it likes River. Yeah. Um, so in the Husband's River song, it's a Christmas special. And this is the episode that kind of, and we hadn't seen her character for a while at this point. But it really just, it's a Christmas episode and it just like ties the bow together. And it's the Doctor and River like having like kind of their final night. And you sort of like learn like how they got married. And the episode ends with their final date together, which in true Doctor Who fashion lasts for 24 years.
2: <laughs> was that with Matt Smith?
1: That one was with Matt Smith. Yes. My favorite doctor.
2: They did. a my, Well, so my favorite doctor is David Tennant. And I felt like he and Alex Kingston had a lot of chemistry when they introduced River Song. And then, you know, then they got a new doctor, Matt Smith. And he's a great actor and she's a great actress. Oh,
1: wait, no. Maybe this one was the pure Capaldi.
2: Oh, Peter! I think it was Peter Capaldi, and I think I think they struggled a little bit during the Matt Smith years with River Song because there was a more marked age difference, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it had been male female reversed in ages, they wouldn't even thought twice about it, but which they shouldn't have in this case anyway. Uh, <laughs> but she, I think they just struggled a little bit with less chemistry with her and Matt Smith, but then Peter Capaldi and Alex Kingston. Yes, this one was had Peter more Capaldi. chemistry again, like she did with David Tennant, which is why this episode
1: to, worked really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so another Doctor Who won just real quick, is the Time of the Doctor, and this is actually yeah. it's the, this is the one where the Matt Smith Doctor, it's his like final, um, it's his final his final bow. And it's just really sweet, and he uh, it, it, he like protects this village called Christmas for like a very long time, like hundreds of years or something like that, um, and then it ends with this very sweet goodbye to kind of a hallucination of his longtime companion Amy, played by Karen Gillan. So Doctor Who Christmas specials. Look up a Wikipedia article. You can watch them all. You'll find them all. Um, My next one is Batman because I'm keeping it nerdy here. I've given you Doctor Who. We love Batman. Now I'm giving you Batman.
2: Incarnation of Batman.
1: So Batman the animated series. Uh, There was a few holiday episodes, but one of my favorite ones is called (laughs) Holiday Nights. And it's a series of (laughs) vignettes, holiday themed vignettes. (laughs) What? Why are you (laughs) wanting?
2: I just am. Uh, this is sort of like that Baby Yoda news earlier this week when you <gasps> floored. Funny. I will go into that off mic, maybe. But I for a full day. I told my, Sharon <laughs> that
1: Baby Yoda was not actual Yoda.
2: I thought it was Yoda.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Really, I
3: haven't watched the show yet. I, anyway, you don't need to watch it. It. Rocked, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. it. <laughs> like
2: warped my brain for a full day and a half. I could not handle really? this news. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't know about Batman celebrating the holidays.
3: Yeah. Wait, yeah, of course he does. Why Just he? because you wear a cape, he's fighting crime. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's fighting
1: Christmas crime. So, oh. holiday nights. It was the first episode. It actually like aired in September or something like that. Um, but it's a holiday episode, and it was the first episode of kind of like they rebooted the style of the show because the Batman the animated series ran for a very long time, yeah. like my, the length of my entire like childhood and adolescence. And uh, they, it's a series of vignettes, and the first one. Batman is fighting Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and they're like going on like a shopping spree and they've like brainwashed Bruce Wayne. Yes. That one's great. The second one is Batgirl fighting Clayface who's posing as a mall Santa. Yep. It's actually surprisingly heartwarming. The Aww. third one is your typical Batman and Robin fighting the Joker who's doing Christmas crime. There's also an episode of Batman the animated series called Christmas with the Joker, which is a very dark Christmas oh. episode.
3: What is a uh, Christmas crime?
1: <laughs> a Christmas crime is a crime that occurs at Christmas. <laughs>
3: okay, so it's not specifically like we're gonna steal the trees. We're gonna like the Grinch. Um, we're gonna like hurt people with ornaments.
1: No, I think the Joker's crime is okay. Christmas theme. It's yes, there is a giant bell involved. Oh, like Who? a giant Christmas bell.
2: Who voices Batman?
1: Oh, 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 Sharon. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Kevin Conroy, who has voiced Batman for decades now, he is sort of the quintessential Batman voice. Okay, cool. I'm getting real nerdy here, but
2: I like that consistency.
1: Yes, Kevin Conroy, to many a generation of Batman fans, is the (laughs) voice of Batman because he continued to voice Batman throughout like all of, and I think only very recently has he kind of not always been Batman. Um, (laughs) but starting with Batman the animated series. I mean I think so sometimes he does he like is the voice of Batman like cartoons and video games. So if you've heard a Batman cartoon since like 1990 like f- 2 or 4 or something like that you've heard Kevin Connery. And Mark Hamill is the classic Joker voice. True story. He is.
3: Oh I did I think I knew that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker.
3: Mark Hamill is like In it's this just episode like too. a Christmas TV special just as a person. He is. He's a very He's sweet. He's delightful. He's
1: a very sweet guy. Uh, so it's all these Christmas vignettes and then the end of the episode is Commissioner Gordon and Batman sharing a cup of coffee in a booth at a diner at Christmas. I mean, come on. What else could you want? That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. And then my last entry into the Christmas episodes you need to binge watch is The Flintstones' Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Have we seen it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have not. I I
2: think I've seen it. It's but not, I love every iteration of a Christmas Carol, so I'm sure I'll love, love yeah. it.
1: Well, you're gonna love this one. So, of course, you know Fred is playing Scrooge. Of course, obviously, obviously, <laughs> um, it's a very straightforward Christmas Carol. It's in true Flintstones fashion. You know, the the, the rocks and the dinosaurs are are really kind of beside the point. <laughs> 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 they really live their lives just like you and I. <laughs> yes. They just happen to have <laughs>
2: they even have telephones, if I recall.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think yes, they do, I think. Um, so it's a very straightforward retelling of a Christmas Carol, but I think it's it was one of those like later Flintstones cartoons where it wasn't part of the original like nineteen sixties like set of episodes. It's probably made in the eighties. Um, so like the animations look a little bit better, you know. Okay. Um, but if you like the Christmas Carol, I like a Christmas Carol, Sharon likes The Christmas Carol, yeah. Kelsey. I'm a fan, Fam. You're <laughs> a fan of Dickens, of the work of the great I Charles appreciate
3: like the Daffy Duck one.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, yes. mm. we love our cartoons. <laughs> the- oh,
3: Mr.
2: Magoo, Mr. Which Magoo. during that My So Called Life episode, they have different <laughs> classics on the TVs in the background and. They show a clip of Mr. Magoo as Scrooge. Okay. So, okay. And they show, I think, the Alistair Cook one. I can't remember. Another one. Oh. Or Alistair Sims.
1: It's a very yeah. timeless tale, and you can retell a lot of yes. different ways. And what I like about the Flintstones Christmas special is it's another example of a way you can take sort of a beloved cartoon curmudgeon and, you know, turn him into Scrooge. I love a good, <laughs> I love a good Scrooge retelling. Scrooge has a whole duck named after Scrooge. A whole yeah. duck. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> So, for instance, and Carol, and then also I had a a book version of this. Is the only reason? This is really the reason I like this this Christmas special so much. Is there was a book version of it, and they inserted this like other character who was sort of like I think his name was like Stony, but he was like a really cool kind of like prehistoric street urchin. He had a backwards hat and an earring, and Fred and Wilma like took him in at the end like for Christmas. Aww. Yeah. Was he the
2: Tiny Tim Even though, though he had time? an earring. Even though he had an, <laughs> <laughs> an
1: earring. Yeah. I might be conflating these two things now that I'm thinking about it, but there was this book. I feel like it was also a Christmas carol themed in some way. Maybe not. Who
2: played Tiny Tim in The Flintstones?
1: You know, I want to say Bam Bam. Oh, that would make sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah I want oh, to because say Barney Bam. was probably. Oh, you better Mr. believe Cratchit. he was Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Bob you <laughs> better yeah. believe he was Bob Cratchit. Yeah.
2: What was Pebbles? Was she in it?
3: I don't
1: know. Maybe I have forgotten
3: that. all of the Flintstones <laughs> names.
1: <laughs> oh, I do remember that Dino was the ghost of Christmas Yet to Come.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which oh, is
2: because who doesn't speak, so that's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin three sixty Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at Love Austin three sixty. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast.
1: I Love You So Much, The Austin 360 Podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Alyssa Vidalis. Our theme music is from the local band Hard Proof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find
2: everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com.
1: We couldn't do this show without you, listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your Netflix passwords. Until next week, we'll see you on the couch in front of the TV.
0: Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now at Copenhagen, receive $200 off any stressless seating or $400 off stressless Mayfair chair and ottoman when you donate $50 to one of our local charities. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture. Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary.